0: Watch out for using drugs, and that happens to be our topic for tonight. Oh,
1: come on. What's a little drugging for sex? Come on. Well, this is the thing. Foreplay. This is one
0: of of the things we want to talk about is that there's, you know, things that are called date rape drugs. But then a lot of these drugs that are called date rape drugs are actually recreationally used now.
1: I know. So here's the thing. Drugging's bad, okay? We're, I'm not promoting it. It's very drugging bad. Drugging
0: yourself, drugging somebody else, especially, even worse, it's right? Bad. It's <laughs> bad, it's bad, it's
1: bad. We're just, I'm just doing a parody about it because we just won a case um, where the client was alleged to have drugged the victim, uh, complainant, and we focused in on the <laughs> drugging. Just going,
0: you just called her a victim?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we went. I went right after that because there was no evidence of drugging toxicology came back with no substances they were remotely close nothing zero and in cross-examination the complainant had said when I had drank whatever it was which was water at the time
0: tasted felt, like water smelled tasted, like water looked like water clear
1: water, water 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 I felt fine I didn't feel anything but I have no memory for 45 minutes I passed down three seconds that's right
0: right she's watching the water being set it poured. up she's watching the water being poured right in front of her it's set right in front of her she says she turns to the side and looks down underneath the counter for three seconds, maybe four max, agrees she would have seen if he picked up the glass, but disagrees that she would have seen if his hand actually moved over and put something in the glass.
1: And that was the only opportunity for a drug to be administered to her. That was the only opportunity. And then she agreed in cross-examination that she had felt no onset symptoms of any type of drugging, just it and passed out. went unconscious. In- instantaneously. Within seconds. You're laughing. That's the f***ing evidence.
0: And woke up only about a half hour later. So, this is For some a drug. Reason. And this is one of the things that the judge pointed out. He's like, I'm trying to think of a drug that would act that fast and disappear from your system. Because she was in went about to the four to eight hours. And had blood tests done four hours later, and there was no and evidence. And you're in analysis. And you're analysis. No evidence of any drug apparently totally cleared the system, but a drug so powerful that it completely knocked her out unconscious within seconds. All right. Thankfully, the prosecutor, which we in Canada we call the Crown, admitted that he does not know of a drug that would do that.
1: Kudos to him. Great guy. Very fair.
0: Mm-hmm. And that is- I-, I want everybody
1: to think about this, okay? So let's set this up. We started off a bit dramatically right now because we're stressed about stuff. But, okay, so this is a case where this fellow wound up uh, having this young lady in his home and uh, for whatever reason, they wound up... For whatever
0: reason, people are wont to do so. Yeah, for whatever <laughs>
1: reason, they wound up having intimate contact and she accused him of sexual assault and she said... It's that a
0: dangerous th- venture nowadays to have a young woman in your home.
1: <laughs> it, it, indeed it is. And um, he it, she said that, you know, he... Uh, he offered her alcohol, and um, she said no. So she didn't drink any alcohol at his house. But she did ask for a glass of water, which was provided to her. His hands were in front of her, poured it from the, the uh, tap, put it out in front of her. For some reason, her she was distracted to look down, as you said, for three seconds, and picked up the glass and drank half of it or less than half of it. And then instantaneously was out. Woke up thirty to forty five minutes later with no memory. In a of bedroom what that
0: was pitch black, but also sometimes had light, depending on when you asked her a question.
1: <laughs> so we want to focus on drugging. We want to focus on drugging. We won. But I can tell you this: our client testified very well, and we spent time with him because people don't know what it is to be in a courtroom. Okay? But they just think I didn't do it, so obviously I'll just kind of say I didn't do it. Yeah, like you know, again. Again, I say this in every podcast. I get calls all the time. Oh, there's evidence that I didn't do it. There's no evidence. She's just saying I did this. That's evidence. You can be convicted on that. Leave that alone. You have to testify in your sexual assault case. you got to do well. But let's focus on the drugging. The whole point of but this just, episode... Can,
0: can, can I just just pause for a moment, Jessica. Just Pause. I'll pause. I will pause. <laughs> um you forget because you're an officer of the court and you've been doing this for so many years. You forget how scary it is for people to go in and testify and be in a, in a courtroom where there's a person on a pedestal who can send you to jail for a number of years. And you're just like, just go in there and, you know,
1: no, no, but I do. We, we prepare them. We spend countless hours with our clients preparing.
0: them. I know. But, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, like people will, like literally be shaking. In and their... i'm
1: yelling at them in preparation
0: i know he's just like but i gotta to get do? them ready i
1: know that's that's important though i gotta it's get like, them ready I, I i can't pussyfoot around this you got to be able to testify if you can't testify you're gonna get convicted and there's no way to win one of these cases if you don't testify unless you blow the complaining out in cross-examination which is a rarity because but because the presumption is they're always telling the truth Oh, that inconsistency isn't that significant. This inconsistency isn't that significant. The fact that they forgot the date, time, and the f-ing contents of the sexual assault, not that significant. Like, me. You need to testify. You need to testify. Is that the right camera? You need to testify. But what's the problem when both parties
0: are doing drugs that affect their memory? What's the well, problem?
1: Well, then you're. F-ed. You're. F-ed. Because if the accused is going to testify, yeah, I did drugs, I. Drank I don't have a lot of memory. You, your your evidence is like gone.
0: What's the point testifying if all you can say is I don't remember what happened?
1: Uh, no point. So don't get in a stand and say that.
0: But but then we, don't. But we you've got to remember something. But we have this problem though where people are taking recreationally taking GHB, which is noted for causing memory loss. They're taking this for fun.
1: But both parties are.
0: And then you know there, there's an issue when people are actively choosing to take you know male and female choosing to take ghb and apparently ketamine which is growing in popularity yeah 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 and uh, that that's just mind-blowing it's a me.
1: animal tranquilizer eh?
0: i know well i guess you could take a different dose i, I don't know but this is like a, a growing recreational thing that people do but if a they, lot of these people do it together these drugs are actually called date rape drugs
1: yeah yeah i get it but they do it together i know so then we don't was, often have cases coming out where people get together and they decide to do drugs together. We have this—the drugging in this case is about somebody who's covering up a lie and says, "I was drugged," in order to overcome their right. their absence of a f-ing story here.
0: Okay, yeah, and let's actually before we get into this amazing article that I still remember because it was so interesting. Um, S- but set up, set the, the, up for the everybody. The case that we're looking at yeah. is really interesting because. The Crown does not have to call
1: expert evidence. Take all this slowly so everybody understands how f-ing insidious this can be. So normally
0: if you're being accused of having drugged somebody and then sexually assaulted them, using the drug to commission the sexual assault, right. to, to facilitate the sexual assault, right. normally you'd be charged with sexual assault as well as administering a noxious substance. Correct. But quite often there is this... Vague implication that they think they might have been drugged because they felt dizzy and a little bit woozy, but they they don't know if they were drugged, and they
1: can't really remember what and they happened. Can't remember anything,
0: and and all of their senses are out, and so their memory is not really trustworthy, and therefore they don't have to be consistent because. But their I didn't is. consent,
1: and I was sexually assaulted. But they
0: know they wouldn't have consented,
1: right?
0: Right, right. and this is a weird thing too, is because. You know, it's like, you can't really talk about, well, you wouldn't have. Well, then that would, you would think that would open up to defense to say, well, actually, we happen to know that you've consented the sex of these circumstances so many times. No, that would be prior sexual history. We right. can't bring that up. Right. But they're allowed to say, no, I know I wouldn't have consented because this isn't the kind of person I am.
1: That's absolutely correct. That's admissible. Yeah. Go figure.
0: It's been tested a number of times and yep. they've said, Excellent well, when their in. memory is really poor, they're, they're permitted to talk about what they would or wouldn't have done, but we're not allowed to then bring up evidence of other people they've had sex with under similar circumstances, because that would be a rape myth.
1: So this way of running a prosecution allows the Crown to proceed with allegations of drugging, even though there's no evidence. So we can say there's no evidence. So there's no toxicology. So if there's any blood tests or anything of that nature nothing in it zero supporting evidence but they can still say i was drugged that's essentially what they're saying and the
0: crown doesn't have to prove they were drugged the crown can just imply it
1: well they're, they're, right because they're right but but, the but it does become a cornerstone of their case if the complainant is saying like in our case which we won that i i i Went unconscious. I have no memory until I woke up at this time. It really is a major factor in the case.
0: How did that happen? That's the point. Because there wasn't alcohol, like unlike some other cases too, there might be excessive drinking of alcohol right. involved. In this case, there was no or alcohol. Or other drug use. Yeah.
1: Right. There's nothing. Yeah. Zero. So there's no other alcohol, no other drugs consume, nothing. It was just I had this bit of water where for three seconds I was looking down for some reason but I had peripheral vision and then I'm out so you drill in on that fact which is a foundation for the allegation as i called it in submissions it's a pillar of the prosecution's case and we won based on that and also our client's evidence but we want to talk about this ability to marshal an argument about drugging where there really is no evidence about it and there's no charge of administering a noxious substance it is really dangerous and you know i just want to throw out there People always say, and we're not
0: allowed, they're not allowed to ask this in court, but in the public court of public opinion they always say, why would she lie? Well, you know, if you say you were drugged, that means you don't have to remember anything and you can just say something happened without having to actually explain it in detail. You can't be questioned on it anymore.
1: Right. So you thwart the ability to be cross-examined. It's an easy way out. If you're going to make up a story to cover up something and you want to charge somebody, That's a great way to do it. And you don't want to admit to things that you did and said? 100%. 100%.
0: What was being said? Nothing. I'm sorry. You woke up in the middle of a sexual assault and managed to get out of the room without this individual saying anything like, oh, hey, you're awake. Oh, hey, don't leave the room. No effort to stop her. nothing.
1: Well, that was the facts in our case.
0: It still disturbs me, though, that that was never addressed properly because you're telling me that somebody's going to go through the effort of drugging you and then make zero effort to stop you from leaving. Okay, so let's up? let's
1: frame this a little bit. So in our case, the complainant said when she woke up, she was able to just shimmy her way out of the bed. That was the word shimmy. Oh, oh it's, I use that. I like the word shimmy. Uh, no, that was and, her word. And, and poppycock, <laughs> and get off the bed. And the uh, client of ours didn't say anything or try and restrain her in any way.
0: Not a single effort to stop her from nothing. leaving just the room. D- d-
1: f- nothing. And, you know, it wasn't addressed by the court as being a factor that deterred from her evidence because, well, that might be a factor of being drugged, which she was found not to have been. That's the problem I have with this. So you can mask inconsistencies or lack of evidence or explanation about logically how you got out from a situation, how you extricated yourself from this situation by masking it with this drugging allegation. So that's the core of it. It's dangerous. And if not for drilling down on this very well in in trial and having very good evidence from the client, somebody could be convicted on this.
0: Now, you tell me- Without evidence,
1: no expert evidence, Well, nothing. You could call an expert. The crown can call an expert to say, well, there are drugs that metabolize really quickly. They can affect this way. There is none, zero, nothing, no expert evidence.
0: That's what I was gonna get to. So what do you do when the crown calls an expert about drugs but there's no specific drug tied to that particular allegation. Yet the Crown, as I've seen happen, will call an expert to testify about what drug could have been used.
1: But then you cross-examine and you go, that's exciting. My favorite line. <laughs> but here's the facts in our case. So what drug would fit this scenario where it can happen instantaneously with no metabolites later on? And they'll go, I, uh, I don't know any. Well, thank you. But Goodbye. let me tell
0: you about ketamine. <laughs> Right. No, I've seen that happen. Where but there is like... a reason.
1: There's no expert evidence in this case because there's nobody who could support this fallacious bullshit allegation of drugging. Right. But it could have led to a conviction, and this is not our, the only case. This happens more often than you think. No, I. But there's an interesting article, right? There's an interesting article by
0: the late great Christy Blatchford. It, you know, it was a dear friend of mine, and, and, and we always a all, great we reporter. Um, she was one of the top. Now, uh, crime reporters and court yeah. reporters in canada yeah. and she she held them to account man because like she was sitting on that trial the judges were <laughs> she
1: called strikes and she stri- strikes and balls she called them she was great
0: so this is an article from um, the end of 2018 not too long ago no. but it stood out in my mind because it was a really intriguing one where she's going what do you do in a case where um somebody admits to having you know, the complainant, a female complainant admits to having uh, taken uh, GHB of her own volition. And of course, she has very little memory. And um, then, uh, so she, she was talking about the difficulty this presents in court. And um, that uh, she I'm uh, oh, sorry, this is printed on two different pages. It goes on for a while, so I'm trying to skim-read it a little bit to to save all the details and stuff. But um, she took it voluntarily, the young woman said, because she had to go to work at her second job in a couple of hours and thought it might help her relax and sleep. Yeah. Instead, the prosecutor said, in the early hours, the woman found herself naked on the bed having sex, even participating in it. So she recalls when she woke up that she was actually participating until she realized it was with that particular defendant, and in this particular case, I love this too, because Christy didn't name the defendant because she respected his privacy as well. Which is amazing. I know. Um, Good for her. She said it felt dreamlike to yeah, her. The she rest peace. I know. And the complainant said, I wish it was a dream. And uh, she was nearly in tears in cross-examination. She acknowledged having 10 drinks, snorting four or five lines of cocaine that morning, as well as taking a shot of GHB. And she agreed that she suffered memory loss before uh, before while drinking uh, most often the last hour of the long night, and that she had lost as much as an hour of the night, which she doesn't remember, but she was acting voluntarily. So uh, the big question here is, what do you do with that when somebody is saying they don't have memory, but they think they would not have consented, and yet we know that when you um, intoxicate yourself and take, um, you know, other, other types of drugs, you're more likely to do things you wouldn't normally do.
1: I got to tell you, if this case was litigated now, he'd be convicted. The interesting thing is because that... the onus really is on the guy to to recognize when she's incapacitated, whether it's from alcohol or drugs or a combination thereof. Mm-hmm. I, I, if this was litigated in two thousand twenty three or twenty four, not two thousand eighteen, he'd
0: be right. Well, the interesting thing at the end of this, and you know, there was an expert witness, a toxicologist, called. He told the jurors that the typical profile of what's called a drug-facilitated sexual assault is either someone's drink has been spiked or they drink until they pass out. She took this voluntarily.
1: And in fact, she said something curiously. She admitted she was curious to hear the defendant's side of things, but whatever else, the encounter was nothing she ever cautiously wanted. Okay, But she wanted to know what his side of the story was. Because she
0: didn't know what actually happened.
1: But she she took the GHB. Like with everything. Mm Mm-hmm. I, there's a whole sidebar to this i got to talk about in a moment, but in, he would be convicted now the, the because very... the concept of capacity has changed because of the Court of Appeal decision. At yeah. well, the
0: very right? end of this article, she says that um, that the defense lawyer actually didn't call any evidence because he said there was no case to meet. So what does that mean?
1: Uh, it means he would lose now. <laughs>
0: Nowadays. So <clears throat> no case... Excuse me. Um... Uh, So when you say there's no case to meet, that follows the principle that um, the Crown has to, or if you're not in Canada... Yeah, give the burden. um, That the prosecutor has to present their entire case first before the defense decides if their guy's going to testify or their client's going to testify if it's a female. Um, You don't have to call evidence in the defense until the Crown has created a case to meet. If the Crown calls all of their witnesses, presents all their evidence, and what they presented doesn't actually amount to any proof of a crime. just go, I'm sorry, bye-bye. I don't have to say anything. But You'll lose. But it's a very low standard to say whether or not there's a case to meet.
1: Okay, so there's two aspects. After the Crown's case, you can bring a motion for directed verdict of not guilty, like a non-suit. That is the threshold that there's no evidence the jury reasonably instructed could return a verdict of guilty. It's a very low threshold. It's like stepping over your baseboard. If okay? you could.
0: And in general, all you need is somebody to say, is I was sexually assaulted. And then there's a chance right. that you can and be in, convicted.
1: In, and in this particular case, if if the person says, Look, I was drinking, I was intoxicated, we we're having fun, he offered me the GHB, I thought, okay, I'll take it, but I don't remember what the fuck happened and I wouldn't have consented to it, that's going to be enough evidence to get over a directed verdict. In this case, the defense lawyer may have, at that time, said, There's no case to me here because there's no direct evidence. Of her not consenting, okay. So the crown bears the onus of proving beyond a reasonable doubt that the complainant did not consent to the sexual activity.
0: It's a whole bunch of legalese, which, if you just play it on slow, (laughs) it can
1: work it out. I know, but also there's capacity. In this case, was the complainant uh, having sufficient capacity to consent? Okay. So there's really two aspects. Nowadays,
0: well, how do you know if they had capacity? Is basically subjective. They could say, "Well, I didn't know what I was doing."
1: Well, it's the amount of alcohol she's consumed. They had had, uh, a toxicologist testify. Mm -hmm.
0: But alcohol affects different people differently.
1: Well, you can cross-examine on that. But we know the test now from the Court of Appeal is that it's not just about rudimentary activities you can perform. So walking, talking, making a joke using your cell phone. You have to have some conscious uh, awareness of what you're doing and the consequences of engaging in the sexual activity. That's a much higher standard, in my opinion, than what it used to be. We used to call it a drunken consent. It's still consent. That's been like pissed on, and that's not the language we want to well, use. It's
0: still, upheld it's still
1: upheld, but they still want you to have. The complainant has to have some conscious awareness of what they're agreeing to. Okay, fine. In this case, they have it to would, understand
0: it's sexual in nature. They have to understand that they can say no. They have to under. They have to know who they're
1: actually having sex with. <laughs> right. You may think you take it for granted, but you know, it, it can be an issue. Yeah. But but, but it's a slightly now, higher standard now.
0: I think the, the most important one now that was kind of added in recently was they have to understand that they can say no. Right. So when And people, one would assume that would be like yeah. a given. When, when people say, it's like, well, I just froze. Because that's a really common thing. So I just froze. I didn't know what to say. I wanted to scream, but I couldn't. And uh, so that, that equates to not understanding they can
1: say no. Right. So in that case, you can't say, there's no case to meet. I'm not calling evidence. So that's different than a directed verdict. The, the accused stands up in front of the jury and uh, or, or the lawyer stands up and says, I'm not calling any the evidence. There's no evidence to uh, uh, for the crown in this case or evidence There's for no me to meet, to meet. Yeah. which is f- stupid because the jury is going to have to rely only on the evidence of the complainant. That won't fly anymore. That's not going to fly now. The
0: reason I bring it up is because how many times do we have people show up here saying, "I don't understand why I'm charged because there's no evidence."
1: I can't. I can't. I can't anymore. I know we've I talked about this I'm a lot. I'm losing my can't mind. It it's every <laughs> week with phone calls. I have evidence that I'm not. I'm not guilty. She didn't say no. There's no other evidence. There's no video of it. I'm like, F- dude, that's not the law here. Their testimony is evidence. Their evidence to the police is enough to get you charged. At trial, their testimony is enough to get you convicted. That's evidence.
0: And even if there's no evidence of a drug, they can still go forward to trial. And they will go forward to trial because the complainant's going to testify that she felt drugged.
1: That's the point of this episode. It's insidious to say that you were drugged. It's insidious to also say, I voluntarily engaged in drinking and and taking a drug to either enhance my experience or do whatever. But I don't think I would have engaged in this. I need everybody to pause for a second where have we come now well
0: women fought for the right to you know live dangerously and make choices and now Not apparently they don't want to be held accountable for it
1: so. we may, we talked about That's where we're at three years ago when we started this podcast about the government getting out of our bedrooms okay the government's in our bedroom so they legislated <clears throat> don't f-ing vilify me for this okay in the criminal code if you're unconscious you can't consent Okay. I I get the concept. Okay.
0: Because you can't say no if you just suddenly were to decide that you didn't like what was going on. Right. But. but, That's the reasoning behind it. But.
1: Couples, including married couples, might enjoy that type of activity. Being woken up with a blowjob or with something else.
0: But this is like, just separate it out because this still bothers me. That case, JA, had to do with a woman who agreed to be choked until she was unconscious. And that was a BDSM type activity where she then became actually unconscious, not just asleep, but actually unconscious. And then uh, she said later, I was like, yeah, we had done that before. I was okay with it. But the Supreme Court said, no, you're not allowed to consent. That is different no it's not then somebody just being woken up because no it's not because you may have up. an
1: agreement you may have an agreement in your relationship she couldn't wake
0: up at that in that case she couldn't wake up because she was choked unconscious
1: but that's what she consented when to and that's sleeping, what she wanted that's sleeping. what she wanted the government is in our bedrooms okay and they're dictating what we're allowed to do and not allowed to do i this was a podcast we did 3 years ago so if you have a relationship that's consensual and one partner says, you know, I'd love to be woken up with some touching and intimate behavior. That would be great. That's like a fantasy of mine. Can you please do that? The you government the
0: sexy voice cracks me up. <laughs> that, that, that I is,
1: I'd really like that. That'd be great. I'd really enjoy that. That would be orgasmic. The government has told us you can't do that. Stop. The government has said that's illegal. It's in our criminal code. If you're unconscious, you can't consent. Thereby, it's a sexual assault so you're hoping your partner doesn't go to the police yeah even though that's part of what is enjoyable for your relationship i
0: believe it's also illegal to take GHB and get complainants can say they did that and there's absolutely zero consequence for them
1: but but that's the point so let's take it to another extreme some people want to get intoxicated together some people might want to take drugs together like GHB, and enhance their experience to whatever they want i can't imagine the government has said that that is
0: illegal I just don't understand why you want to take a drug where you won't remember how much fun you had. I just,
1: I understand, <laughs> yeah, but, but think about this for a moment. Oh, that works. And then if something goes sour in your connection with this person, then you go, well, you know what? I, I, I did take it, but I don't remember, and I wouldn't have consented. It's so f-ed up, because you, you now we can't even get into the history of what you do by way of a relationship, because that would mean because you agreed to have sex on drugs this time doesn't mean she would have consented that time. It's a f- nightmare now because sex isn't what we isn't the 50s of what the concept of what sex is that's not the concept people enjoy things in very different ways or different methods or different combinations thereof rock yourself out but the government is in your bedroom and 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 things can go awry very badly when people are aggrieved out of relationships and can go back in time and say, all this happened to me, including I took a drug, but I didn't really want to, or I did, and I didn't consent to this because I would never consent to that. It's very dangerous. I, what it, Especially without evidence. I'll
0: get stronger. I, I think it's nefarious that the Crown can... can Ooh, nefarious. Nefarious. That they, can, uh, that they can try to prosecute somebody on the premise that a drug was given without any evidence of a drug.
1: Do you think, Diana that the prosecution should not be able to bring a case if there's not uh, toxicological evidence of a drug. I think they should be barred
0: unless they're charging with a noxious substance and they are actually trying to make a case that the drug was administered. I don't think they should be allowed to... But should bar- they not you know? have
1: then some scientific evidence of it?
0: Well, you would hope so. Because, they, I mean, they, they have to prove
1: the noxious substance first and if they what have no think? evidence... When this, when this podcast airs, what do you think? What do you think? Do you think that the government has a right to bring a case if there's no scientific evidence of it? Because, look, frankly it's gonna be gone in 12 hours. Lots of drugs can metabolize within 12 to 15 hours, it's gone, okay? So if you wanna bring that case on a week or two weeks or three weeks later, there's no ability to test for toxicology at that point. But I think it's a fair point. Yeah, I just don't think that it's fair
0: to have an implication of something without directly making the accusation in court. And that's, that's how I see these things play out so often. I don't if you're going to do I'm, it, I'm, do I'm, it right. You know, like If you're going to charge somebody, charge them for what you're... You know, don't just imply it. So what
1: you're saying is... So let's circle back for a second. Let's close the loop on this. So what you're saying is, if you're going to charge about drugging, if that's going to be part of your narrative of the sex assault, charge also with administering noxious substance. Let's be out front about it. Let's litigate and on that issue. And if you don't issue. win
0: on that charge, then you can't use that to try and get Create around a the sex assault. door for a sexual
1: assault. Okay, I agree with that. Until next time, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm going to say my voice. Uh, if you do like the, the podcast, sexy voice. Kidding, please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share. <laughs> Good night, guys. Thank you. Welcome to 2024, motherfuckers.